0: Hey everyone, this is Jim. We're still on break and rebroadcasting some of our most popular episodes. For this week, we're going to hear one of our discussion episodes about basic income and peace of mind.
1: Hello and welcome to the Basic Income Podcast. I'm Owen Poindexter. And I'm Jim Pugh. And this will be a discussion
0: episode. We'll be talking about basic income and peace of mind. Now, those of you who listened to our episode on basic income and the status quo, may remember that we talked about austerity mindset as a major obstacle to supporting basic income. Austerity mindset is the view that there isn't enough to go around and that you need to make decisions based on constrained existing resources. If you're looking only at the resources that exist today, it's really hard to come up with a basic income policy proposal that's actually going to work well for all Americans. But there's also an analogy to austerity mindset at the personal level, which is scarcity mindset. And that's where you feel, as an individual, like you don't have sufficient resources to get by. And when you adopt a scarcity mindset, they can really affect your entire worldview. It makes it very hard to look at the bigger picture. The decisions you make tend to be focused on what's going to be best for today or tomorrow, not what's going to serve you best long term. You adopt a more tribal attitude, thinking about what's best for you and yours rather than society at large. And just generally have a much higher level of stress and anxiety. So, one example just from my own life for this is not so much around
1: financial scarcity, but around time scarcity. So, I have a one and a half year old kid, and in the first few months of fatherhood of parenthood, uh, I just I had. It felt like I had negative time. Like it felt like I had to do more things than there were hours in the day, especially if you count sleeping, which wasn't happening a whole lot anyway. <laughs> but anyway, it is, you know, my mindset was around just getting to the night where the kid would go to sleep and I could sleep for a little bit. There was no thought about long term plans or career goals. And even if someone said, you know, hey, like some friends are getting together on Thursday night, do you want to come? Like I, I wouldn't even really consider it just because. It just seemed like such a monumental task to free up a little
0: bit of time to do something other than what I had to do to get through the day. Yeah, I I think not to that degree, but I definitely can relate. When things get too busy, when I have too much stuff on my schedule, I keeping an eye on the big picture it just gets really, really hard. And what's going to be make me happiest or, or most content in the long term, that's just not factoring into my decision making there. Uh, It's just about what do I need to get done in the moment, and certainly feel much more stressed in those situations. So, there's actually a lot of research regarding this kind of
1: mental bandwidth issue around being poor and how having to constantly think about money makes it very difficult to think long term and make long term plans. So, just uh, on a very basic level, Uh, when experimenters get people to think about money and finances before taking a cognitive test that impairs the performance of poor people and does not have that same effect on people who are more well off. Uh, They've also dug up natural experiments. Um, There are Indian sugarcane farmers who get all their money at once. So during their harvest, Uh, they are or just after the harvest they're relatively rich and as the year goes on they get poorer and poorer until the next harvest comes and they've done cognitive tests throughout the year and found that after the harvest they do perfectly fine on these tests and as it gets further and further away from that their performance goes down and this is even controlling for things like time and nutrition and other factors that could be getting in the way there um and this has long-term effects as well. It's not just that day or that week. There is a 2009 study that showed long-term effects on working memory related to childhood poverty caused by chronic stress during childhood. Uh, you even see these effects on uh, on IQ tests. Uh, so uh, poorer people perform worse, or the same person performs worse uh, when they are in poverty, uh, and that's by 13 points, which is more than a standard deviation on the IQ test. And so... Just in in general, we are losing a lot of potential cognitive capacity and bandwidth
0: just because people are so mentally stressed by being poor. But it's not just those in poverty who are dealing with this issue. If you look more widely, there are a ton of people out there who are above the poverty line, but are still in a very economically precarious position. There was a report by the U.S. Government Accountability Office just two years ago that found that 40% of American workers now have contingent jobs. Those are temps, people on call, those doing contract work, self-employed or part-time, all with a relatively high risk of losing their stable employment. On top of that, there was a report by the Federal Reserve just last year, which found that 46% of Americans couldn't cover a $400 emergency expense if it were to come up. So that's a lot of people out there who are very, very close to the edge. So even if they're managing to get by in a reasonable position today, being in such a precarious spot is naturally going to make people feel far more anxious. And that's actually borne out by a report that was produced just recently by the Shift Commission, which was a project between Bloomberg and New America, where they went around the country talking to people and asking them what were the most important things for them in their employment, in their work. And what they saw is that the things that really mattered most to people, first, it was doing something they enjoyed, and second, it was earning a stable income. Both of those came in considerably higher than earning more money. So these are people who just want to be confident that they can get by. It's not about getting rich. It's about knowing that, Next month, next year, five years from now, they're still going to be in a position where they can continue with a decent quality of life. And if you look at how the world's changing right now, it's totally understandable why far fewer people would feel that way. Beyond just contingent jobs, we've seen the effects of globalization and automation really disrupting the way that our, our job market operates. Um... We have the precedent of lots of middle-class jobs being lost in the Great Recession. And although jobs came back, they were far lower paying. So all of that combined naturally leads a lot of people in this country to adopt a scarcity mindset. So
1: how a basic income would impact this may seem fairly self-evident, but it's worth spelling out. So the opposite of a scarcity mindset is an abundance mindset. It's when you feel like you have plenty and you can plan for the long term and have more peace of mind. And cash transfers, perhaps unsurprisingly, uh, have been shown to do exactly that for people. So in addition to just having more food and the and more expendable income, uh, it, cash transfers have been shown to d- decrease stress and anxiety and studies have found that people report large increases in
0: psychological well-being when involved in the cash transfer programs from GiveDirectly. And and when we think about the different people who who are most likely to be adopting a scarcity mindset, uh, we can see really clearly how this plays out. If you're if you are someone who is poor, a, a universal basic income will literally bring you up above the poverty line. And so that is really directly addressing the cause of your scarcity mindset, and actually giving you enough to be able to get by. And you could say the same thing about people in precarious
1: positions. I sometimes think of a basic income as like shoulder pads or knee pads. It's not going to prevent you from falling necessarily, but that fall is going to be a lot less damaging uh, should it happen. So you, know, you could still lose your job, of course, if, uh, if we had a basic income, but you know you would have that floor and there would be a lot less
0: anxiety around that. And it's more than, I would say, just concerns about job loss that, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who are just in bad jobs, uh, have working conditions or pay or something about the situation that they just don't like but feel trapped right now. And if you have that basic income that you know that you'll be able to, to count on, knowing, even if you're not ready to leave, knowing that you have the ability to walk away, that definitely changes your perspective. And
1: if there are people who are in fully employed positions who might feel precarious, those who are freelancers or contractors don't even really have the security of being mesh in a company. And of course, contract work and gig work is becoming a bigger and bigger part of the economy right now. And those people, you know, maybe they have regular work, maybe they don't, but they are are very subject to the shifting trends of the market and you know, if they have regulars that they rely on, you know, if those people move away or stop meeting their business, all of a sudden that's a big hit to their income. And so, again, it just provides a
0: floor for when those issues come up, you at least have something to fall back on. And I think looking longer term, as as people are planning for the future and thinking about retirement, knowing that you would have that, that stable income there for you, we obviously do have Social Security today, and for some folks... That puts them in a totally great spot, but if you've been doing work that doesn't qualify you for a particularly high level of Social Security, or if you fear that you're going to need to retire earlier than the Social Security age, since it's getting, for a lot of people, much, much harder to find good employment later in life, knowing that you'll have your basic income that, that you'll be able to count on also means that as you're thinking about, all right, well, what am I planning for going forward? That's one less thing that you, that needs to be weighing down your mind and, and pushing you into that, that more scarce mindset. Ooh, jumping back to that shift commission study for a moment, I think what that shows is that
1: people are, are fine not being rich, which is good because there aren't all that many rich people out there. But what people want is to feel like they're going to be okay. And it used to be that we had a robust job market that – you're probably just going to be able to keep your job forever. And if something happened, you'd probably be able to get a new one quickly enough. We don't really have that anymore. And the anxiety that that causes, I think, is already being felt pretty
0: powerfully around the country. And, and it might just keep increasing. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that we shouldn't continue to fight for good jobs. There's there's a lot of important work out there. And so that's an ongoing battle. And, and we should look for a ways to, to help people get better positions, working, doing important work. But if along with that, you can be saying, all right, like we've got you covered. Here's the thing you know is going to be there that you can rely on uh, for your entire life. That just adds that extra layer of a feeling of stability and, and giving people that that peace of mind about where things are going. That's a good point. I, I don't think that the
1: basic income discussion right now is about moving toward a post-employment future. Um, You know, that's just not going to happen anytime particularly soon, but it is looking toward a future and a present, perhaps, where employment is less guaranteed, it's less secure, it's maybe um, less remunerative, and we need to be thinking about what kind of social structure and economy we want to allow people to
0: be happy and free in that kind of world. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Basic Income Podcast. Thank you to our producer, Eric Davison. And as always, if you like the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes or the podcast service of your choice. And also to tell your friends. We're always looking to reach new people, get more people thinking and talking about universal basic income. We'll talk to you next week.